On this episode of the show, five of the biggest mistakes that DIY musicians are making right now. This is 30 Minute Music Marketing. 30 Minute Music Marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. Hi, I'm Greg. Hello, I'm Sheldon. And this is 30 Minute Music Marketing. It's a show for independent artists and DIY musicians who want to get better at telling the world about their music. Which is probably you, which is why you're tuning in. Thank you for doing so. Welcome to show number one. Uh, we're going to try and keep this as entertaining as possible. Brief introduction about ourselves. Uh, my name's Sheldon. Uh, what have I done in the past? I've been a freelance remixer. Uh, I've been a music technology lecturer for 10 years. I currently work at a company that promotes gigs and concerts th uh, throughout the length and breadth of the UK from 300 capacity to two and a half thousand capacity venues. Um, of a weekend, I am a DIY artist myself and my colleagues uh, are in a nationally recognized band. Uh, we play uh, right across the UK. Our two largest shows last year were to a 900 capacity venue, cue the caption. Uh, our second largest was 750 uh, sized theatre. We play a lot of medium sized festivals in the UK, cue the caption. So we know all about how we can successfully get our music uh, to, the, uh, to a wider audience using uh, successful marketing techniques. And that's one of the, uh, the aims of this particular show to give you a lot the benefit of my experience. Greg, how about you? My experience, I've run Elusive Country Club. I've been doing this full time as a real job for the last 12 years. Prior to that, uh, I was a music technology lecturer and audio engineering lecturer like Sheldon at same colleges and others. Others. As well. And um, basically, I've managed to keep the business going through a wide variety of diversion and trying out new ideas. If it didn't exist, we basically implemented it ourselves. So I'd like to think that, you know, not only we, got, we are going to tell you about stuff that is possibly unfamiliar with you, but we do have the integrity of actually trying things that are off the normal path. Yeah, and, the, the, and way, the way your business model runs at the moment, it's not the normal business model of a, of a traditional recording studio. And that's it's probably one of, your, uh, one of your current strengths. Yeah, we like to, uh, you know, a relationship needs to be built. Like you will need to build a relationship with your audience. We've found that using a club membership model has helped us build a stronger relationship with our audience, which is someone like you on the other end of this camera. Right, so uh, today's episode is all about what I believe are some of the top five mistakes that the majority of DIY musicians and independent artists are making. And you're probably making them right now, but don't worry, there's actionable advice within here in order to try and help you turn things around and get better at marketing your music. Greg, should we dive in? Okay, number one, there's too much selling on your socials. Most DIY artists and independent artists are victim of this. When you look at their social media channels, whether it's Twitter, and I see a lot of these. whether it's Facebook, it's pretty much exclusively links to Spotify tracks, um, links to YouTube videos, links to SoundCloud, links to upcoming gigs, and whenever you the worst one, go on, vote for us in a competition. Oh dear, don't start. I've, I I don't vote for people in competition. In fact. I'm sorry to say this, if you ask me uh, to vote for you in a competition, chances are I might just vote for somebody else to try and I, I have done that before <laughs> for a 
Even local bands. We're not better. No, no, no. But if you're trying to get somebody to take an action on your behalf, that's an advertisement. And if and then for any other form of content, if you were to watch TV and an hour's worth of programming, and if it was for 60 minutes of adverts, you'd soon turn off. Well, yeah, that's why I no longer listen to commercial radio. Well, there you go. So normal TV, uh, it might well be uh, 40 minutes of programming and content and maybe sort of 20 minutes of adverts. And you need to operate on, on, a, on a basis that's roughly sort of similar. The, the best sort of formula is maybe 80-20, Pareto's law. You, you need 80% of good, engaging content in order to inform, educate and entertain Isn't the person that at the other end. the mantra of the BBC? It is indeed, and they, they've they lasted nearly a hundred years. They know a thing or two. They know what they're doing. So you need to uh, put out maybe 80% of your social media content that brings value, to use uh, popular terminology. And, you know, it's, um, what sort of uh, things could we, uh, could we, well, just entertaining videos, well, this is live one thing streams. I was, was going to ask you, because I do get bands who kind of, they've become so obsessed or obsessive on the content of of the you know their art, yes. so to speak. That the moment that you kind of suggest anything that's different than the product they're effectively selling, which reinforces your argument that people are only basically putting adverts up, they seem completely stuck. What what as a new band, what what can I do that is more than just the, the music that I'm making. Well, that probably um, needs an episode in itself. Okay. Simply because it's a larger topic. But um, well, at, the, at the very least, you can document your journey. I know, I know oh. the, uh, the the terminology Germany it, uh, journey is very much an X-Factory sort of uh, concept. Yeah. But the day-to-day -day life, the ins and outs of being a DIY or an unsigned musician, you can show people the insights and how hard it is um, to uh, to be you and all the steps that need to go into place before you can actually uh, re release a piece of music or you know play. I, a mean, I think although this is probably more aimed at musicians talking to other musicians, but rig rundowns hmm. a great way of talk about your sound. You know what? And if you're in a covers band, uh, talk about how you found out to replicate. A Kings of Leon record, for example. The songwriting process. Again, all these things we can cover in another uh, in another particular episode. But we, we, you need to be uh, entertaining people for eighty percent of the time, which allows the, you for twenty percent of the, the time. The amount of people that I see who will go and do a gig, but then they won't even film it, mm. and that's a waste of uh, you know a waste of a perfect opportunity to get three amounts of content for the price. Of one. Yeah. So point number one is don't do too much selling on your socials. Your marketing budget is too small, perhaps non-existent. Perhaps non-existent. Would you say that the majority of musicians that have passed through uh, these doors over the past 10 years, they have a non-existent marketing budget? Yes. That God would bless be, them. That would be... There's a lot of people that I see who have no problem spending money on their hobby, and I admire them for that. So in terms of enthusiasm, 10 points. Business savviness, 0 points. The one thing you have to think, uh, well, maybe the mindset you need to adopt is that you're a business. And like any other business, you need to have a marketing budget in order to reach the widest possible audience for whatever you're trying to make. Normal businesses spend between 2 uh, and 10% of their turnover on, uh, on marketing their wares. And as we've said, the majority of DIY musicians spend little 
to none. Um, film companies spend whatever it costs to make a particular film. They will spend the same again in order to, to market it. So whatever you're making or releasing, whether it's a single, whether it's an album, whether you're actually making a video, you need to allocate a certain amount of money in order that that particular product reaches the largest possible audience. Because the, it amazes me the amount of people who will spend between maybe a thousand to fifteen hundred pounds to make a single, and then nothing to promote it, so nobody gets to hear it. It's just you literally have thrown money away. It's insanity. Which is fine if you've got a bucket list of wasting money and making records that nobody hears. But I mean, I would actually say, in terms of recording costs, are considerably cheaper than they've ever been. Mm. So the ability, although you know businesses spend between two and ten percent, I don't think it's actually that unfeasible to spend twenty five percent of your budget because the budget that you're spending to make is much much less. So I would actually say, you know, if you're spending twelve hundred pounds to, if your budget is twelve hundred, I wouldn't spend the full twelve hundred. I'd probably spend eight hundred on making it and then spend the other four hundred on actually marketing it mm. because I want someone to hear it. I was recently contacted by a uh, a video company on spec who make uh, music promos, and I said, "Oh, just out of interest, uh, how much is an average um, video cost to make?" And they said, "A uh, thousand, you know, and, and that may well be uh, you know value for money. But if I had a budget of a thousand pounds to actually make a video, what I would do is I would spend five hundred pounds." on making the video yeah. and another £500 on Facebook ads so people actually got to see it. And, you know, you mentioned in the past that, you know, making an album is a great, you know, personal endeavour, but if you're spending all of your budget making the album, maybe I would, and you've got no idea what the reception's going to be to it, I would work on it on, you know, maybe doing less songs. And, and putting that, that, yeah, that, that, that spare money that would have gone into recording those extra songs into budgeting your um, uh, to marketing uh, budget. Also, in addition, if you're running some sort of pledge campaign and in terms of the budget that you think you're going to need to, uh, to reach in order to um, record the album and to make all the, all the little rewards, if that comes to, say, sort of 5,000, maybe what you need to do is you need to allocate another 1,000 pounds, so your total goal is 6,000, in order that you can then market that album to people over and above your initial pledges. Because otherwise, again, the, um, the extra copies of the, uh, the album that you've made won't actually reach the, uh, a wider audience other than uh, the people that have uh, initially pledged mm. to fund it. So have a marketing budget, make sure it's as large as it can possibly be, and maybe in, even in a, uh, in, a, in a future episode, we can say that if we had maybe uh, £1,000, how we'd actually, where, where, where we'd allocate that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Sounds good to me. Write in the comments section beneath if you'd like that. Okay, so point number three, you don't have a website. Yes, all you young people out there, hello to the young people, hello to the millennials. I do have grey hair, but I've also got a website for my band's uh, endeavours. And I do tend to see that if you are under 25, you're in a band, you're an artist, you're a singer, you're a rapper, you've probably got lots of social media channels, you've got your chat snaps and your, your Insta what's it, but you won't have 
a website. And that's the wrong thing to do. And do you know why, Greg? Please tell me. You need a one-stop shop. And the thing about your Instagram page and your Facebook page, you don't actually own that. Do you know who owns that? Mark Zuckerberg. And for legal reasons, I've probably got to say now that he's probably a very trustworthy fellow. However, have you noticed that... A real philanthropist. Philanthropist, all all Fs and Ts. But have you noticed uh, how ungenerous he is that whenever you try to post anything on Facebook, it doesn't actually reach anybody? That's all his fault. And Instagram organic reach, that's falling again. Guess what? That's his fault. And the relationship and the way that you as an artist contact your audience through those social channels, that's all owned by Mr Zuckerberg as well. So it's all his. You're building your house on rented land. Wouldn't it be great to actually have your own house that you could invite people to? And that house is great. And it's got all your music on there. It's got um, your best videos that you always want to show people, not the rubbishy ones that are still on your YouTube channel and you wish people would rather not watch. And it's got a list of uh, all your gigs and maybe people can sign up to your mailing list on there. That's your website. It's yours. It's great. People can find it when they go into Google. And then, so, you know, But people don't. People tend to think that just by having social media channels, that's enough. Social media channels are great. A lot of my marketing uh, of my band's Mm. music is done through uh, our social media channels. But But as you mentioned in the previous in the previous point, in terms of point one, in terms of like, you know, with Facebook, you mentioned 80 percent of it, 75, 80 percent of your Facebook content should be engaging and a conversation. So, whereas the website, you can effectively, you know, that can be your shop window, so to speak, where you can talk about the things because you've already channeled traffic there. Yeah. Think of it as your head office. It's headquarters. It's where people go to in order to find out uh, what they need to find out about you. It's home base. Every artist needs one. If you don't have one, maybe that's your job for this weekend. And to be fair, the ability to create them now is pretty simple with things like Wix and... He loves Wix. I do, because it's so simple to use. Okay, point number four, you don't have a marketing plan. Now, most DIY artists and independent musicians probably don't have a marketing plan. They probably think that marketing plans is something that's only uh, undertaken and used by businesses. But what I want you to try and do as we as we progress through the weeks. Uh, this is looking to be a fortnightly show. Yes, is it, it is. Not? Uh, to think of yourself as a business, put put a, a business-minded head on, and uh, at the very least, for the next 12 months, you need to know all the um, activities that you're going to be doing, whether that's maybe sort of singles, if you plan to release three singles, maybe over, over the course of the next 12 months, where are they going to be placed on the calendar? When do you start need to... Uh, your marketing activities for each and every one of those singles. If you're if you're planning to go on tour, do you have all those sort of dates uh, established yet? So plot on a calendar all the things that you intend to do that's going to engage your audience and allow them to, to give them new music. Write that down, and once it becomes written down, it almost becomes a, a formal contract between yourself and your audience. It all the things exists. That, it exists. If it's not written down, ladies and gentlemen, it does not exist. That's that's one way of looking at it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I found that myself in terms of the things that I'm planning and have been planning. It's I, If I don't write it down, I just won't do it. And really what you need to do is you need to set yourselves a series of maybe short, medium and long-term goals. So maybe have goals for uh, the, the, the next 12 months, maybe in three years' time. Where would you like to see uh, yourself in three years' time? How large would your audience need to be? And maybe even, you know, if you want to uh, set the sights for the future, Think, right, well, in five years' time, where would you like to be? Would you like to be signed to a major label, uh, a large indie label? There was, there's one band uh, who were from uh, this particular part of the world, and uh, they, uh, they said, oh, we'd like to, be, like to be playing arenas in a few years, and I'm pretty sure that that particular band didn't actually have any form of marketing plan to say, right, well, if I need to play arenas, and arenas are some here at some point here in the future. How do I get there? How do I get there? What series of individual steps do I need to undertake in order for that to happen? This said bands, are they still going? I don't think they're going now. Well, it's funny that because in terms of I, the amount of bands that I see coming coming through the doors, which is quite a lot, you know, I do find that band members will leave if they don't see in their mind anything that's actually being achieved. And again, it's, a, it, it's progress. Everybody wants to see progress. And even just successfully um, nice. actioning each uh, point or activity or campaign, let's, let's refer to it as a campaign. Basically, everything you do, whether it's releasing a single, whether it's uh, playing a show, whether it's undertaking a tour, each one of those is a, is a successful campaign. So if you write all these individual campaigns out, plot them out on a wall planner. I've got a wall planner in my my office okay. at home. So all my gigs for the next 12 months are on there. In my mind, I know when our summer tour roughly is starting in about 16 months' time. So I know that I also need to have uh, my next album out in 16... So I've, 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 you know, even though I don't have it technically written down, so, so slap on the wrist. But this has been developed over, and you're at a level that probably a lot of our audience are not quite there yet. Not yet, but over, as I say, uh, our current musical project that we're undertaking is, is now in its 12th year. So we've built up a, a regular sort of schedule, and we've almost... We, we can almost take last year's marketing plan and almost duplicate it in a certain way because we know what we've done sort of works and we know what activities roughly take place at what time of year. So we've got a spring tour, we've got a summer tour, we've got a winter tour, and we can almost um, take last year's marketing plan and apply the same thing again for next year's because we've been doing it for so long. If you're if you're a fairly sort of new artist, what you're gonna need to do is you, you are gonna need to create that 12 month marketing plan Fill in all those details yourselves, all the marketing that you need to do for each particular campaign. So you'll need to start that before your single release and before you do a particular show or a particular tour. And you'll need to... I do think it definitely keeps people motivated. It is, you know, if it, I understand the achievement is important in terms of if you are looking to obviously increase your uh, awareness with your band, but I think, you know, the other side that, that I see on a, on a weekly basis is 
you know, the sense of a, of a satisfaction and achievement. Mm. So one band who uh, have just done their first live lounge video here, we, we sat down, made sure that that was the one thing we that we did this month and they put it up onto social media and they connected with five and a half thousand people. And that was their that was the first thing like how are we going to tell people about who we are so they've had the the uh, the sense of achievement from actually getting the material out there but also the sense of achievement of actually saying we did something this month and it keeps their their motivation and enthusiasm for the next month which means in my experience the band will stay together for longer when people seem to think that things aren't happening you do get people tend to leave and you know that's that it's a shame that that whole musical project comes to an end just because there was no planning put in place, yeah. and marketing it, or activity. It's a, you know, it's it's ticking boxes as you go along, and it's dividing your the whole of your musical career into small, manageable chunks. Uh, my friend Phil, who did his eighty thousand word PhD, always used to use a specific phrase. You know, how do you eat an elephant? You know, just in, in, in small bites, one one after the other. So rather than just thinking of, oh, my music career is over the next however many years that's that's going to be, and it's an, a large, never-ending, large space in front of you that, that's hard to quantify. By quantifying it, by writing it down, by ticking off things as you uh, as as you progress through each and every year and maybe every sort of three years, you can um, hopefully chart your development and successfully move from one campaign mm. to the other. And that will keep you all enthused. Motivated and um, well-planned. So yes, it's a very good, very important tip. It is indeed. Right, we're almost at the end now. Point number five. You don't reflect on your past marketing failures or successes. Reflection, reflection is key. Now, both Greg and myself uh, were previous music technology lecturers, and whenever we might have got our students to do some form of maybe practical task accompanied by some sort of you know written evaluation, at the very end of that evaluation, we'd ask our students to reflect back and have a look at the activities that they'd undertaken and to uh, maybe say what worked well, what didn't and maybe if they were to do the same or a similar task again what they would do different in order for that task to go better now what i do tend to find is that with most diy artists they will do something such as maybe record and release a single and maybe not have too great a success of it there's a lot of bands that we see who will, who will release thing you know new material solely on soundcloud and and the response is is nothing and they're 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 basically their solution to that is to do exactly the same do exactly the same thing, thing again. again hoping that something will change and that is the definition of madness it is the definition of madness so if you're releasing music and you've released a single and you're uh, maybe in the process of thinking about the next one and you go onto spotify and you have a look at your your top five tracks and that last single is there and it's still got less than a thousand plays what you actually need to do is you need to reflect back about both the maybe the recording of that single the marketing that you undertook or maybe didn't undertake during the course of the campaign and maybe you need to think and ask yourself right what what worked during the course of that campaign probably what didn't work during the course of the campaign and the things that you need to change 
in order for you to get more plays and more listen and more press attention next time round. And unless you actually do that, uh, like you say, you're just on a on a an infinite loop of um, underachievement. The biggest problem I find is that they're so enthused with their new piece of material that they're working on that that's going to be the thing that makes all the difference. And but because nobody will ever hear it because they don't tell anybody about it, it's. You know, the, the, the worst, the thing, the thing I always compare it to is like, you know, some of those YouTube videos where you'll see like a, a hippo break wind really, really loudly and it's had millions of views. You are effectively having to compete with the intention span of people who like to watch a hippo's fart. So that, you know, so in terms of that's that's what you're competing against. So you have to tell people about your stuff, not just go, well, that's finished now. I want to work on something new. And repeat it i just think it's it's ridiculous i hope i haven't digressed too much no 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 the, the, the hippo story was quite interesting but yeah but and it, it and it does it, it does frustrate and it does aggravate me especially when i see uh artists saying oh going into the going into the studio to, to do uh do a new single and then i hop on their spotify and their spotify has had less than a thousand plays, and I, and I do think much of that energy would be better spent actually making sure that people heard the last song rather than the first one. So, so reflecting back at every, do, over every campaign is essential. I do find it amusing me when I get artists who try to undertake everything from the artist art, the album artwork. To 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 all mixing, recording, you know, they they want to be involved in every single aspect of it. And whilst I appreciate that people like to learn, spending maybe two weeks on an album CD in you know artwork for a product that no one's actually going to hear does to me seem a bit strange. I would you know it, it, people love to spend time and huge amounts of time doing the things they like doing when I agree with you completely that time would be better off spent telling people about it and just get someone to design the artwork just because you can do it doesn't mean you should no not when you're missing out incredibly important other aspects if you've done all your marketing and you've got time left over to spend doing the art then yeah go for it by all means similarly as well let's not slag everybody off if you've done something in a past campaign and it's worked incredibly well, then again, you need to similarly reflect back yep. and try and examine, right, well, what is it that's actually working here for me? Is it something to do with the actual song itself? Is it something to do with the maybe the list of radio stations or blogs that you sent your, your music off to? Is it the fact that you've used a particular person to make your video or the content of the video is actually really resonating with an audience? Again, you've got to reflect back uh, evaluate and think right well if that works then we're going to give uh, people potentially some more of that I mean for, for my musical project I've um, our one of our best videos we've almost stumbled across a particular formula that really resonates with our audience and a lot of our videos since then have tried to use and recreate that same formula with very good results but if I hadn't actually sat down and yeah. uh, tried to examine and reflect upon those successes, I wouldn't have necessarily been able to improve 
and uh, recreate those successes at a later date. And that's the thing with Facebook, you know, obviously we're encouraging people to to market on Facebook using targeted ad campaigns, which I know you've gone into great detail before, which is on our website somewhere. I can put a link in the link beneath. Um, but in terms of like, you know, I've gone through Facebook, the, the, the insights, the publishing tools, and, and with, one of, with one of the members here, we've been able to, you know, build up our audience where we're getting consistent viewing figures. We put a new video in and that has received nearly double the viewing figures that we had. You know, we've hit nearly 10,000 on a, on, a, on a video that's had no, it's purely organic. There's no paid reach on that. So we're now going to have to look at that and see what the big difference was between that one and the others. And the only way we can do that is by using the tools. And the tools are so insightful. Mm. The guesswork is removed, certainly from Facebook, and so, you know, it is, in some ways, it inspires you to put another video up to hopefully get better. Yeah. And it is this, this like, I want to get more than the last one, and I want to get more than the last one. And, you know, whether the material's really benefiting anyone's lives, I don't know. But it's that you're kind of going, I'm getting to grips with this, and there's no, there's no magic to it. It is literally just looking at and trying stuff out. And, you know, you... you you know, and the reflection contributes to everything you've said previously. You have to try to be able to evaluate, to then reflect and then improve. And that is, you know, eat, sleep, repeat kind of thing without going mad in the same sentence. And you can apply this again to uh, maybe a single release. If you're performing live, you should maybe, again, if you're in a band, you should maybe meet up the night after or indeed in the van on the drive home. You should go, right, well, what worked during that particular live set? Do we need to move things I mean, We say around? to people to film the rehearsal sessions because the camera is your hardest critic, far more than any audience. And even with gigs, uh, you know, I think it's important, even if you just use a camera phone, you know, all right, you might not use it for any social media content at that point, but the ability to watch yourself back and it might be cringy to begin with, but again, it's that, you know, it's that ability to reflect and kind of go, oh, my stagecraft needs a bit of improvement. And you're able to kind of see, you know, when people do start talking, which I do encourage between songs, not overly but a bit and the ability to you don't have two people talking over each other because i've seen that before and it is kind of funny and they're like you know that would have been um avoided if they'd rehearsed and actually reflected on it in a rehearsal session so and uh very briefly again drawing from personal experience when uh, the second year of being in our particular band we had a support slot from a nationally uh, recognized comedian and we did 20 dates uh, throughout the country and uh, we had a half hour slot and we had a set list and through these 20 dates what we had to do is throughout the course of these 20 dates we reflected back on how well each particular song did and that we ended up taking songs out of the set and, and, and moving songs around in the set and what we said between each individual song and out of the 20 shows that we did the set our 30 minute set wasn't perfect until show 19. But you are quite brutal. With yeah, your but, but, but it, it was, I mean, we could have gone out there and we could have done the same thing every night, but we wanted to get better at what we were doing. We wanted to progress. And the only way we could progress was by sitting down and, and you know, in the van on the way home going, right, well, 
what worked tonight, what didn't, hmm. and, and try to constantly adopt, adapt, and improve. And as you, uh, the boffin off phrase. Boffin off. Hashtag boffin off. Hashtag boffin off. Let's get it trending. Right. We've almost covered all our five uh, so, top tips. So, shall we have a recap? Recap. We come from the world of education in a and positive and actionable manner. Yes, indeed. Recaps at the end reinforces learning. So, we want you to learn and to take away from our particular thing. Shall I, shall I have a read of these? You can read the first one. Okay, number one, don't do too much selling on your socials. On there, make sure you have fun, you can inform, educate and entertain your audience, and then do a little bit of selling 20% of the time. Point number two was give yourself a generous marketing budget as much as you can afford, and it is cheaper than ever. Cheaper than uh, all those marketing activities from when we were lads. When you're sending, spending 18 pence a stamp. Oh, uh, well, yes. When was the last time you went to the post office? 18 pence a stamp. It was 20 years ago. It was indeed. Okay, number three, get yourself a website. You need a website. And uh, once you've got a website, make sure you keep it up to date. Number four, have a marketing plan. Know what you're going to be doing over the next 12 months at least and know you're going to action these plans. And lastly, make sure you undertake reflection, do something and then reflect back and say what worked, what didn't, what do I need to change so that next time when I come to do this again, it's even better. So finally, if there's a topic you'd like us to talk about, please let us know in the comments section below. Subscribe so you don't miss our lovely voices. Smash that subscribe button. And whether you're listening to this on iTunes, because it'll be available as a podcast, if it you want be. to take us with you on your, on your journey to wherever you might be going. Travel safe, by the way. Um, always let, always let somebody know when you've arrived. Give them three rings. And so yeah, in the meantime, thank you. That is it for now. Hopefully it's been around about 30 minutes. We'll see how good we do in the edit. Cheers. Laters.